Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. What's going on? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Tom Castro Shooting Academy Next Level Podcast. I have a special guest on tonight, and I actually have a second guest coming on, but what a surprise. She's late, so she'll come on a little bit later. While we're in the middle of the podcast, I'm sure she'll pop in here. But um, my friend Christina, our friend Christina Baker, is um, always punctual and on time. So um, my buddy Sam Caldwell is the gentleman that I brought on. We just shot Area 8, so I figured we'd get down, get down and dirty a little bit about the match and uh, talk a little bit of training. So how's it going, brother? Uh, it's going good. Uh, actually pretty busy with uh, trying to find my uh, – Groove with the production gun again after carry optics nationals. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's crazy. One of the things that, uh, one of the biggest things that kind of shine through was that you, you lost some of your aggressiveness because of the iron sights. Uh, yeah. And, um, well, obviously we shot together, we talked about it. So that's what I did today was, uh, out. I'm a master member, if you didn't know, and uh, Tom actually broke down my Area 8 video for me, so which is a great, great service. Well worth the money because you're not – you're getting the coaching without having to spend $1,500 to go out and take a class or travel to a different match just to meet Tom. So you get interaction, and then you run into Tom, and you can, you know, relive those stories of his coaching and – but today it was awesome. I put in an actual practice today, which was really crazy for me since the new job happened. So um, I got about 200 rounds in and all I worked on was literal grip and entries. So trying to trying to maintain a, a level. That was one of my critiques was uh, I changed levels a lot and I don't grip the gun evenly, but it's like sporadic grip bad grip good grip so that's what i just worked on today so one of the one of the biggest problems i see somebody turn the light out behind you so while he's gone he had a uh obviously he has he has family at the house and somebody turned the light out so they don't know he's down there but uh one of the biggest problems that uh sam had at area eight was that his his entries were he's super aggressive like he's really good at attacking his i never have to yell at him to go faster i have to yell at him to control where to control his speed or his aggression so i was catching a lot of the things in the video and he sent me all of his videos obviously because well for anybody who doesn't know what the master membership is is it's my online course and i do a uh, i have a monthly membership where i have a standard insider circle which is your lower tier level and then i have a master membership where basically what you do is you send in six to eight videos a, a month i i go through all eight of those or six of those videos i find uh habits and inconsistencies or let me rephrase that something that's consistently a problem and then i give you homework to fix that so i don't just look at the video and go hey man you suck here you suck here you suck here i try to find something that's actually valuable to where you can actually work on it and fix on it fix something so for sam he had multiple things well there's some things where you can double up on and obviously fundamentals is something that i'm, I'm big on which most people don't think that because i talk so much about movement and, and aggression and all these things but fundamentals is everything so 
the fundamentals of a grip is something that while you're working on footwork should still be there. You shouldn't let those things go. When you're transitioning your gun, when you're moving your gun, when you're trying to shoot, all those things should be focused on the fundamentals. And then the shooting kind of takes care of itself if your fundamentals are strong. So one of the things I always catch is when you slack off on your fundamentals. So Sam would shoot, I don't know, eight out of 10 rounds and one round would get away from him. And you could tell the gun would just kind of fly up. And it was almost on every one of them that I caught in throughout his videos was on a transition and it wasn't consistent. So it's one of those things where you don't know why you did it or how he did it. And then all of a sudden when I'm watching video, I slow motion it and I go, ah, got it. That, look, this is why you had to take a makeup shot on this or, and, and one of the things that most people don't realize is this is why it's so important to have good fundamentals with iron sights, especially because most of the iron sight divisions are limited rounds production, even limited is 20 rounds instead of 24. And yes, that four extra rounds does make a difference. <laughs> but when you lose your fundamentals during, during production and you're going into an array of 10 or even eight or nine or whatever it is, and you have a makeup shot. Well, now you just limited yourself to any kind of, now you've set yourself up for failure throughout the rest of the stage where you're doing basically slide lock on every single reload because you lost your fundamentals on a simple, simple trigger pull. Right. And uh, that was something that I caught in his training. That's what he was discussing that he kind of didn't preface that before we just jumped right into it. Cause we're friends. No. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. But you, know, but you know me, I'm not afraid to go to slide lock. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So. I probably, I probably take a lot more risks than any other production shooter will, just because I want to see if it works. <laughs> you know, it's I'm like, like if it works, it's glory. If not, well, we'll figure it out later. You know. <laughs> so we're we're working on that. I don't like that. I want you to change some of that because that's something that it's not, um, it's not working out, right? It's not yeah, worth it. It's not, not worth. It's not, it's just not worth it. It's, it, you know, trying to do that stuff at practice is awesome, but during a major match or something, it just isn't worth it. So before we go on any further, I want to get into a little bit, cause I'm excited to have you on. I have had you on in a little while and you've made huge, massive gains. You've come to a class down in Florida. Uh, yep. Obviously we're really good friends, but I wanted to get into, I'm excited to have you on because I want to talk a little bit about your classification and like where you are as a shooter and where you started. Because when I first met you, it was production for life, right? Production, production, production. I was the same <laughs> way, guys. So, like, I, I always yeah. give Sam a hard time. Like, I have all kinds of videos of Sam with me in the background going, grip your gun, dummy, and, you know, all these crazy things. Like, so what – all right, hold on. Before I before I continue on, what do you have – he literally has a folder of me. This is We're really close friends, and he has a, a folder of me in the background of me always talking to him in the videos. Yeah. And he saved it. What do you call that folder? It's uh, it's called Mean Coach. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I mean, there's one of them's one of them's me being PC, and I'm not cussing, and I'm going, "Hey, dummy, grip your doggone gun!" Like, I'm trying to see what no, it's, it's uh, it's uh, grip your freaking slide, grip your freaking gun. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad that he has enough of them that he has a whole folder a google drive folder of just me giving him shit about how to shoot better during after he shoots <laughs> it's pretty awesome but yeah uh, so i've been able to see your progression for actually quite a long time now for almost four years we've been friends well hell, almost five years so we've been 
So we were actually, we did the JJ Rakaza class together. I mean, we've been, we've been doing this for a long time together and then you moved. Yeah. So now you went yep. to, now you went to North Carolina. So where yep. is your, how has your progression gotten since the day, I guess, since the day we started and and then I'd really interested in how it went this year, since we trained this year, like how much of a breakthrough do you feel like you had after the class that you took with me down in Florida? Uh, honestly, after taking the class, like it was drastic changes, meaning that like, I thought about like, even, even now, like I'm thinking before I have to step into a box or like anything like that, get the gun up, get the gun up, the gotta, you know, it doesn't do you any good if you're inbounds and you don't have your gun up. Right. So like. That and uh, uh, especially from this like area eight, even in your class too, I was uh, watching some of the videos from uh, when we were doing the stage run when I was shooting carry optics. Uh, you're, you kept saying you're not making the reload a priority. And then this past weekend, you kept reiterating that, meaning that like when I shoot and I fire, when I know I fire my last round, I'm not – breaking my grip to get to my magazine fast enough. It's not the priority. Right. And, you know, you kept saying, you got to have bullets in your gun. You got to have bullets in your gun to shoot targets. And so that's a lot of what I've been, what I practiced on today. I, I just got my review last night. So like, it was good to actually get out and live fire some of that stuff. But uh, the biggest addition since the class for me was, is a dry fire play like I, I move some stuff around around you know I, I currently live with my mom and dad we're building a house but like um I, I don't I didn't have a dedicated space for myself to dry fire and then like so now I have that so that that's been the biggest change and it, it's definitely helped in a lot of matches um because I get to go out practice what I've been dry firing from my last match through my videos and what you have taught us and me specifically, and then go out and try to take them into those matches. Because one thing that I have learned from you is like every match is just a small breakdown of a raise that you're going to see again somewhere. Meaning that like, it doesn't matter the t array presentation, the entry, the way you shoot it and everything else is, pretty much the same thing the biggest thing that i've learned this year after taking the class and then like shooting area six and area eight is leaving on steel is a gamble right and that <laughs> and so like that's kind of changed how i attack arrays and do stuff and then um minimizing transitions i i, I know the I know, I know basically all of the system, just trying to get my body and hands to work together with my feet <laughs> to accomplish that is the hard part for me. All right. Because so I want to be mean, aggressive. I mean, that comes with time though. So like what I try to explain to people and it's, it's very, very difficult. And I think this is probably the, the hidden gem in, in most grandmasters is that we are willing to suck for a long time, like we're willing to give up months of our, of our abilities to get to that next level. The yeah. problem is, is most people, when they start to run matches or go to these matches and they start to go to these locals and they go to these big matches, 
and I and I hear, oh man, I sucked. And I'm like, did you suck or did you just did you actually push on something you've never done before? Like most people aren't willing to give up those local matches, those local wins to get better in the long run. Uh, I, I run into this in my class schedule all the time. I have people all the time go, oh man, but this match is going on during that end. Do you want to win right. next year's match or do you want to place in 15th again this year? Uh, and again, it, it, I hate it when I say that because it feels like I'm a salesman and you know me, I'm like anti-salesman about what I do. And I'm just right. like, dude, like I, I know where they're at. I used to do the same thing. I used to sacrifice all kinds of training to go to the local matches or training or this. Or, and I would, I would be like, Oh man, I got I gotta, I, no, no, I gotta go to that. I gotta go to that match. I gotta go to that match. That's a, that's a local match here in Florida. I gotta go to that level too. And I was like, but I wasn't getting any better. So then I realized right. like, well, maybe if I skip that level two and I actually spent some time practicing, maybe I would win level two matches and it started happening. And then the local matches stopped becoming practice and they started becoming, I was winning those matches while I was practicing because everything just started to fall in place, but I had to get my ass kicked for a while. Right. Like right. I had to get my ass kicked. I had to go, I was going to these matches and I was just like, man, why am I losing to this guy? Like I, I think I'm better than him. And then I was like, Oh, because I'm not sacrificing anything during these local matches to, to, to get better. I just want to win all the time. So once I realized that, that, that perfection isn't, is, is something that you're always striving for, but isn't really the goal and the process is that's when all my shooting changed. It's just, and that's where like most people struggle with, they, they want to win every single, and so do I, I want to win every single time. But the crazy part is, is the better you get and the more you practice, you'll start winning when you suck. <laughs> because nobody else is getting yeah. better, right? No one else is getting better, but you are while you're practicing. So it just totally changes the way you, your mindset changes as you start to realize like, oh my God, I'm practicing and I'm winning. Like, this is really weird. Like, oh. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. I'm I'm not even like shooting a good stage plan here because I'm doing stupid shit just to get better at stuff. And it, it ends up just happening. It, it's kind of a crazy thing. It's a crazy feeling. One of, the, one of the main things I'm glad I worked out for for area eight, right, was how many how many of those stages, well, obviously not for you because you shot PCC, but <laughs> um, how many of those stages had right to left reloads, right? A oh, yeah. lot, uh, yeah. uh, you know, out of the 13, well, 12 technically, but I would say there was, man, eight or nine. To have a good Left stage, right. to have the best stage yeah. plans too. Like, honestly, like if I was shooting production or carry optics, I probably still would have reloaded right to left on a lot of those stages. Yeah. So there was and quite like, a few spots there where you, that was the best place to take a reload for sure. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. And you it's had a lot of how, them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had I a think, lot of them uh, for sure. Yeah. Four reloads on the stage is not fun. No. So, you know, well, think about a single stack guy. It's even worse. <laughs> well, I mean, you're starting unloaded, so yeah, that, that really sucks. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I'm not gonna I, lie, dude. I um, I didn't feel sorry for for you at all because I was like, you literally made that choice. So boohoo, nothing. I don't want to hear nothing about I, it. <laughs> but you never heard. I never complained about it. No, I, no, I no. Think, it was fun. It was good. Yeah, I think. uh the challenge of production, especially in a match like that, like it wasn't the match itself. The stages were not technical, but adding the challenge to fit, 
your mag capacity into a stage plan and make it competitive. That's what I enjoy, right? Because most carry optics shooters, if they're middle of the road B class to GM, are probably going to run the same stage plans. And it just, I don't know, I think it gets boring after a while. But, you know, it's just aggression versus, you know, control is what we, and I don't know, I think like, I don't know, production kind of fits me because it's like, I I think a lot <laughs> and I think a lot while I'm shooting, even carry optics and I don't, it's, I, th- I, I don't know. I think about sometimes where my foot lands is like, oh, that's not where I'm supposed to land. And like, I think about, okay, I'm, I can literally count the rounds as they leave, but I feel like I'm going slow and, but I want to be more aggressive. And that leads to terrible footwork and terrible entries and overrunning, you know, not thinking about reloads and running past, you know, positions and not crashing at the appropriate time or whatever. So, so I think that comes a- from that, that comes from the, well, first of all, that's the right mindset. Um, I, we've talked about this before. I, I talk about this in my class. I do not believe that shooting is subconscious. Uh, I believe stage planning is subconscious. Your, your stage planning stuff and all that beca- is very much so subconscious, but when it comes to actual shooting, I think about everything while I'm on, I, I think about where I crash, where I land, where I enter, how soft I'm entering all of these different things. And then I'm kind of, I'm a little probably different than most grandmasters or most people who coach. I I talk about this sport a little bit differently. In my experience, most people, pretty much everybody that's ever came to me, including D-class shooters, can stand and shoot two alphas. So what separates them from everyone else? It's the movement. It's the entries. It's the exits. It's what happens when they start moving. Uh, I have never once in my class ever have ever not had a student, whether that's the first time they've ever shot USPSA or or their freaking grandmaster, not learned how to shoot and move on five steel, like the at 10 yards, 12 yards, like straight across. Like I have never once failed in that drill to get someone to do it. Now, some right. take longer to do it just because they're inexperienced, but it's absolutely, f- movement is fundamental to me. So it's one of those things where I understand when you first start doing what you're doing right now. So you're, you're still pretty fresh in the system that I taught. That was your your first class was this year in, I don't know, was it three or four months ago? It wasn't that long ago, right? It was April, April. Okay. So it wasn't that long ago. So again, dude, I've been doing this for five years and still constantly find new things to work on movement wise and teach it. And, and I mean, I just did a video the other day, but I created the system that I shoot and I still suck at it sometimes. I mean, I literally had a video the other day where I'm just like, I posted it on Instagram where I was coming in with the PCC and I'm like, look at my shitty levels. And I'm like, I know not to do that. And I still do it. So what is it for someone who's just learning it? You're going to make those mistakes. You're going to, you're going to have those issues, but one of the things and the reasons why what you think is hurting you in the long run is actually a positive. It's just, you're not understanding when to slow it down is your aggression is never something you're going to want to get rid of. It's you have to learn where to be less aggressive or let me rephrase that. Cause I don't ever want you to do that. I want you to control it more. Right. So it's right. where do I control it? So you can go a hundred miles an hour between those gaps that you aren't doing a damn thing, but running, that's what you need to do. But where is it exactly? Do I need to land and then just 
chill as I enter. That's the key is finding that crash point. And I think that that's something that you're missing right now in most of your stage planning, especially this match, because you were so freaking focused on, on gun, you had to get reload in, but then you didn't focus on reload. So then you jammed reload and, Oh, I got to stop (laughs) together. And that will create, oops, I forgot this spot or or whatever it is. So, and this, this match, this match had a lot of, this match had a lot of, you could, they, they, they did not have anywhere you had a standing reload, which was nice. Um, you could, uh, you could stage plan around a standing reload. There was a couple spots where I was like, Hmm, you could have a standing reload here. If you don't stage plan this properly, right. You had to go to a couple times. You had to go to 10 and then you give yourself more time. But those were, those were struggles for you just because you're not, you were in such a rush to get there. Right. And that, and that's fine. That's dude. I, that's not a bad thing in my opinion. It's just, it's this like, all right, it's time to start to learn how to control. That's why that breakdown video I gave you was like, Hey brother, your footwork sucks. It's not your, it's <laughs> not your aggression. Like you're literally running in here. Awesome. Like, which is great, but you're not focusing on the, okay, it's time to shoot part. And then when it's time to shoot, you were still going a million miles an hour. Oh, well, let me rephrase that because brother, and I didn't get a chance to tell you this at the match or I, and I forgot to mention it on the video. This match was a million percent improvement from carry optics nationals when it comes to your oh, movement. Yeah. carry optics right. nationals, dude. I cannot believe you didn't run into every freaking wall on, on this. <laughs> you were going a million miles an hour into those positions, right? Yeah. This match well, was I think so much better difference though. Yeah. There's a huge difference in that. And I think we've talked about how, uh, you know, dropping like 57 pounds will, improve your movement a little bit, you know, you don't don't have to slow down a wrecking ball. So getting 57 pounds going, isn't as bad as an extra 57 as it is to stop it. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, I have, I have big, strong legs. I can get, you know, get that wrecking ball moving pretty quick, kind of hard to stop it. (laughs) Dude, I'll never forget. There's quite a few times where I'm like, this dude's standing on his tippy toes. Like he's literally broke himself into his tippy toe spot. And I was like, Oh Lord. And you had one of those at this match. And it was kind of funny because it wasn't that far away, but you just, you're like, like, I'm going to get over there as fast and hard as I can. It was like, it's time to shoot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you sent those because I was, um, there was so much improvement in there. The problem is, is sometimes when I do these breakdown videos, I'm not in there to tell you how great you are. Right. Like, I so, so no, I know not, not you personally, but yeah. there's sometimes I, I do these videos and I'm going, I don't think I said anything awesome that they did. I try to, because a lot of these guys, like I, I have a, a student in there, Tim, Um, And he's been with me for, I think five or six months or whatever it is. I told, I just mentioned to him in his last video, I said, bro, your videos are getting harder and harder to coach. Like they're harder and harder. I'm going to, I haven't posted in the insider circle yet, but I'm like, they're getting harder and harder to find things. And that's what I want. Like, that's literally my job. Like my job is to basically work myself out of a job, I guess. Like, it's like, (laughs) like the better I may, I do telling you what to do and the better you do is the less time you're going to spend with me, which in in the long run doesn't make much sense as a business owner, but (laughs) 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 that just means I'm doing my job, I guess. (laughs) So I was like, wait, maybe I I shouldn't do so good. (laughs) Yeah. But what, no one, once you find new things, I mean, look at how you were talking with like 
Some, I mean, we essentially had the area eight super squad. Let's be honest. Right. We did. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, just even the way you were like giving tips to Vlager and Edens and, you know, uh, even Browning at points, like, I mean, those guys were coming to you because you're a coach and you, you're, you're subconsciously watching them because I know you're subconsciously watching me because we always <laughs> shoot after me. So like, uh, I, there's time, even the, even they were asking, Hey, what do you think about this? Or, Hey, let me run this by you. And then you would come back with, Hey, I saw you do this on that stage. What do you think about that? You know, blah, blah, blah. This is how I typically do that kind of scenario, or you guys are bouncing stage plans off each other. And honestly, like it was, the, it was probably one of the, the better squads I've ever been on at a major because most times uh, for whatever reason, most majors that I have shot with you have always been like uh, staff paced or staff resetted and that uh, it kills it. I think it honestly kills a little bit of the energy between you know, the camaraderie of resetting the stages and then you get like, I don't know. I It's probably one of the better majors I've shot so far. I, I agree. Um, we had, we had a great squad. Uh, actually, I want to tell this story real quick since you brought him up. So Vlager, John Vlager is, uh, I, I really got to spend a lot of time with him at area five and get to know him. And that guy's pretty awesome. I really like that guy. So we're having a conversation and he comes up and he goes, Tom, and it was like one of our last stages. And I think he was up like quite a few points at the time. And he goes, so what do you think about this? Like, I just kind of want to make sure I'm not crazy. So he starts telling me his plan and I go, well, I'm going to do this. And he goes, I hate that. And I go, cool, man, <laughs> do whatever you want. You know what I mean? So it's like, but the way John talks is a lot like the way I talk, yeah. right? Like oh, he yeah. just kind of just puts it out there, bro. And, and then I'm just like, I'm not offended. Cool. Go get it, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, the whole point, the fact that he asked me was pretty awesome. Like I, I, uh, that was pretty cool. Like, cause he didn't have to ask me. He he didn't have to think that I'm a good shooter or respect how to, what I do or any of that stuff. So it was pretty awesome to, to kind of shoot with him. This is the second match I've got a chance to shoot with him. And I wasn't a yeah. direct competitor this time. Like it was last time. And I, I really enjoy that guy. He's made a lot of changes in him, in himself to kind of clean, clean his image up in this sport. I think the guy gets a bad rap, unfortunately for some of his personality, but that's just him, bro. I, listen, as somebody who gets attacked for my personality, I, oh, I pretty yeah. much accept everybody, dude. And that guy's a pretty cool dude. So the fact that he just his face, like afterwards, <laughs> when he looked at me, he goes, that's terrible. Like, I hate that. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, cool. But I was also shooting a rifle versus they're shooting oh, a pistol. Yeah. And on that right, specific right. stage, I had this, like, if I did what they did, I had this weird, like, I took a chance to shoot a wall with the rifle. So I, I, I just right. opened myself up a little bit more to where I didn't have to worry about hitting the wall. Unfortunately, when you're shooting a rifle, sometimes you can't really see as well with the pistol. Like I can't see the walls. Like I can, I'm seeing a barrel right. and everything's like directly in my face. So I'm not real. I'm obviously I'm target focused, but I can't really see like if the wall, if I edge hit a wall or something, there's, it's harder to tell when you have the rifle. So it's just one of those things where you're not getting as a yeah. beautiful sight picture like you are with the pistol. It's just the hide over bore between pistol and rifle that you're, you know, 
yeah. the difference in right. Well, so again, it's, I it's, mean, these targets weren't close, so it wasn't like I was worried about a no shoot or anything. It was just it just happened to be like if I stood where they were going to shoot it, I was going to be, I would have to do a hard lean or make it a harder lean because it was a, 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 a rifle and it was in my right shoulder and I had to lean left versus if I go forward and I move in on some targets, boom, boom, there it is. It's wide open. Both sides of the target are exposed because I walked myself into that position and then I had to shift to the right and, and shoot it. So I, I don't know how close my time was. Um, I, I will say that on like from when I was watching these guys shoot, because we had, pretty much every open guy in our squad that, that the grandmaster wise super squad guys, they, they don't care sometimes about Charlie's. <laughs> yeah. That was, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I was watching some of them shoot and I'm like, goodness gracious. Like, Holy shit. They didn't give a crap about that. Charlie. They just yeah. literally blew through that target. Like nothing. And I think, I think you tend to pick and choose those. Like nobody ever says, Hey, I'm just going to shoot a Charlie. But if they get right. one and they save a full second, again it's you're down only a point versus you know down three points or two points like i'd be on every single shot so right it well makes i mean a difference you've, also, what you shoot. you've also mentioned that i think on previous podcasts before but i know you and i have talked about it before about if it's a like difficult lane that you have just a head box i mean there's no you know obviously depending on how the distance and stuff but like sometimes it's worth it just to shoot two and hit paper and right. leave because you're right. saving a lot more time. So like it's pretty, yeah, this whole sport is like really interesting, but, and I don't know. One of the things I did do this match that you kept getting on to me and getting on to me about it was watching the scores, but I had, I, I did learn a lot from it. Right. So like, I, I I wasn't chasing after the guy that I had pulled up on practice score. I was kind of comparing myself to him. He's obviously at the top of B class right now. So I, I kind of just wanted to see where I was at time-wise, my hit-wise. And then I, I did learn a little bit about, like, you know, scoring and, like, what that my score did for points and how it pulled points away and then – what I didn't expect was two Marine guys to come through and just demolish both of us. So, <laughs> but it was well, good. I, I, I would say, I, I would say, I would say the problem with you looking at scores, isn't that you shouldn't look at scores. The problem is, is you brought it up a lot. So it was definitely in the forefront of a lot of your mindset or your conversation. Right. So, and, and I'll say, and, I, and I'll say this about one of the guys on the super squad, one of the open guys. I watched his mindset change when he was winning and he right. went from crushing the match, crushing everybody on our squad to backing off and playing it safe. And he lost by a very small margin, less than a target. Right. So I was yeah. just like, dude, I didn't say anything to him. Right. I didn't, it, he knows what he did, but I was just like, Ugh. and I almost said something, but I don't coach unless somebody asked me a question like so like sam said something about guys were coming up and asking me like i didn't just walk up and go hey man do this stage plan we would all be just be having a conversation like i don't coach people unless they ask me anymore at this point it's just not worth it because you know not everybody wants to hear it so um and i don't need to coach those, those guys are good they they know what they're doing so they uh 
you know, I watched him in one of our stage plan conversations. He goes, what do you think about this? And I go, this is what I'm going to do. I think it's a wash either way, but this way here is like the cleanest way to run this without having to take a headshot, you know, over a no shoot if, if you don't need the risk. And right. it was like, he's like, okay, well, and then I, my plan, he was, he literally said, well, I'm, I'm trying, I need to be a little more conservative here. And I was like, uh, you do like, I don't know if that's the right answer, but it wasn't my state. It wasn't my score, right? Like it wasn't my match to, that was his job to do what he was doing. For, I don't know what his scores were or anything. That was him. That's what he thought. So, but it cost him the match in the end of the day, because he, I feel like he took his foot off the gas instead of just straight up shooting it. Right. Does that make sense? He didn't, he yeah, didn't yeah. slow down. He didn't try to, he didn't try to be safe. He just didn't shoot like he was like, he wasn't trying right. to, I don't know. It, it, I don't know how to explain it because it's like, for me, I learned a lot in this match because of that same concept. So I was winning this match by, I think we had four or five stages left. And from what I could see on my scores, high available, I was going to win by a hundred points. Right. And I didn't take my foot off the gas, but I didn't put my foot on the gas either. I just stayed right. where I was. You shot, yeah. You shot your stuff. You shot your game. Right. <clears throat> and that's what I was trying to get at is like, that's, I was comparing what they did versus what I did. I didn't try to change anything. I just, I, I kept telling myself, shoot your game, shoot what you can do and let's see what you can do versus what they can do and not try to go faster or shoot more points or any of that stuff. Just shoot what I can shoot, shoot my sights and go from there. And that's so what I was trying with, to Let me about. ask you with that mindset, with that mindset, Why'd you even look at the score then? Because if you weren't going to, wait, wait, wait. But if you weren't going to change the way you were going to shoot, no matter what the score said, then why did you look at it? Because I had dinner with that guy and I wanted to beat him. (laughs) And that's fine. And listen, so why not? So if you knew that and you had dinner with him and all this other stuff, why is it that if you didn't pay attention to the score to where you would have to make changes or whatever in your shooting, why even look at it? It's just an added pressure on you to now do something that you weren't going to change anyway. You said that's what I mean. Like, okay, so I'll tell you how I do the scores. I look at these scores after every single run. Now I didn't used to do that. I couldn't handle it. I would change the way I shot like, a oh my God, it was terrible, dude. If I was like, oh, I didn't win that stage overall or, oh man, I got 10th. Oh, I got to pick it up. I got to pick it up. And it would just destroy my matches. So this is the first match that I have walked away from where I was like, all right, I figured it out. Like I mentally have it figured out. Like I literally shot so calm throughout the entire match. Like just so calm. Even when I had a mistake, I had a, I won't, I'll just say it, but it's, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. I had a very large jam on a stage. Like I had a 40 or 50 point lead at after three stages and I had a 16 plus second jam on a stage. It was the weirdest jam I've ever had. Um, I don't know if it was, it had to be a magazine issue because the bullet was in the chamber and another bullet got above the uh, the bullet that was in the chamber. So it was like partially fed in like three quarters of the bullet was in and it gave just enough room where a bullet got over the top of it. I don't know whether it was just the way I tilted the gun when I went to clear it. It had a weird feeling when I first put the first round in. So I should probably, but I went four rounds and went to shoot number five and it jammed. 
So that point right there, I was down 20 or 30 points when I finished that, that stage. Not one time did I go to the next stage and go, oh man, I'm down 30 points. I said, I am going to fucking crush this next stage. I was so mad that I blew my lead over something that I can't control, right? My gun was clean. I mean, listen, that gun just runs. So when something happens, I'm like, what in the F is going on, right? Magazines are good. I have MBX metal mags, like the Glock mag. I love, dude, my equipment is usually 99.9%, but it's PCC. Welcome to shooting a rifle. It's just how it works on our sport. So I go to the next stage. I win the next stage high overall. I go to the next stage. I don't win high overall but I shoot it aggressive. I just shoot what I'm supposed to do. I go to the next stage and I get second by one point because I, I stayed aggressive. I go to the next stage and I win it high overall. I go to the next stage. I win it high overall. I go to the next stage and I get like, I don't know, second, third, fourth or fifth or something. And not one time did I look at the score and go, Oh man, I, I'm, I, I suck or I need to change. I just, stayed on that pace. I stayed on that path. Just focus sights, trigger sights, trigger sights, trigger focused on my stage planning, my footwork. It was the first time I've ever shot where I was like, man, I don't feel like I have to put the foot on the gas, even though I'm winning. Normally I would try to double down on the lead (laughs) because that's just the way I am. I'm a maniac. All the points. Oh, hundred percent, dude. hundred percent. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I did go to practice score and I took that jam away. And the only reason I care is because I really wanted this match high overall. I wanted to beat the super squad guys that were shooting open. And if I don't change any score, I just take the jam away. I would have played second overall instead of sixth overall in the match. And that really, that actually pissed me off. I was pretty mad that about that. (laughs) I would have lost by, I think six or seven points. But Six or seven points would have, uh, I would have been second because of that. I would have needed another uh, target or an alpha, but I, I ended up having a mic that I I disagreed with, but it was what it was. So, you know, I can't, can only go so much Wasn't, argument on that stuff. Didn't uh, Kim June win overall? Mm-hmm. High overall? Yeah. Kim June. So, yeah. I would like to see, I've never seen this, this guy shoot. Uh, I would actually like to see some of his videos. So, He's Kim fast. June, post your videos. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know you He's got pretty- an Instagram. Yeah, he's pretty fast. So one of the, um, I know at Dragon's Cup he shot, and uh, him and Aaron were going at it pretty good for Dragon's Cup. So they, um, it was a close battle for those two guys, and I think Aaron pulled it out. But uh, I, I got to say, man, this is nothing against Kim or, or June or, or anybody, but uh, our squad was terrible. You guys, they all shot like shit. Like I think Vlager was the only one who really shot good at the entire match. <laughs> like, and this is this is not to take away from oh, June at all. Man. Like, man, yeah. I was just I was looking at these guys. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Today? Yeah, like <laughs> I know there was a couple of them that had like a 50 50 run. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, that is. It's Dude, terrible. FTSAs, went, like what? Great. Like what the you, shit? <laughs> you did good. You did good. Fifty percent, but you're two seconds faster than everybody. Yeah. I, I, mean, Dude, I looked at I looked at Tilly, Chris Tilly, and Aaron. He <laughs> yeah. was on our squad. I looked at Chris Tilly and I said, and I don't know. I think he had a mic or something. I don't know what. Well, he was falling off the. It was the beam stage. He was falling off. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was that. And I go, man, you suck. And, and I was like, you suck. Like, I thought you were good at this. And he starts laughing. He goes, yeah. He goes, man, that hurts. That hurts. And I looked at Aaron and I go, man, he's like, I said, dude, Aaron's, I said, Aaron, just beat your ass on this. And Aaron, he goes, I suck. He's kicking my ass. 
Dude, it was one of the best moments because those guys uh, are really good friends. Uh, it was hilarious because, yeah. like, it was just, I mean, you know how I am, dude. We just always have fun. There's, I never take this I, shit that serious. Me personally, one of the best moments was when, uh, when John left the steel. Was it John or Chris? He oh, left John. the, he, he yeah, missed John. the, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, uh, you missed the steel. He goes, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to, uh, I think John's, um, John's trying to prevail some of his, he's trying not to get oh, mad yeah. at himself and things. So it's pretty funny. I'm like, dude, I was like, that was, like, like, that was pretty impressive. Unfortunate. I would be upset. <laughs> I'm sure he was very upset inside. You oh, know? Yeah. So we, we talked yeah. about that a little bit also. He's like, dude, I is, um, he goes, I was so frustrated. Uh, not that he, he, cause I talked to him and he's like, man, I, he goes, I didn't lose this match on my last stage or my last two stages. He goes, I lost no. it throughout the match. He goes, there was all kinds of little things that I did. And I was like, that's the attitude to carry. It really is. It's right. the mindset of, oh man, this stage cost me, man. You had 13 stages to do better, right? One alpha little, little things. It's usually the little things that beat you up throughout a match. I mean, everybody thinks the mic beat you, but it's usually not. There's way more to it. Uh, you ask any of the right. best shooters in the world, and they'll all tell you that it's accumulation of lost points. It's never one stage. Um, I mean, it, sometimes it is, you know, like if you have a mic on on a 60-point stage and you just lost 30 or po points or whatever it is, or you get murdered in time or whatever it is on those things, it, it does, that. that's the glaring fact. But a lot of times you can come back from that, depending on, you know, how everybody else is shooting. Sometimes you just get in there with a guy who's just absolutely on fire and you're in big trouble. Like that dude's oh, yeah. not going to make a mistake. You know, I've, I, I might've shot against uh, a guy named Nils who, who has done that to me a couple of times this year. But you <laughs> know what's like, funny man. is I've seen him shoot like, and he doesn't, if he makes a mistake, you're never, you're not going to know it. You know, like his mistakes are so small, but he man he manages mistakes very, very like, way above any of the other shooters right and, and even like max and i haven't you know jj he, he'll make a grimace on his face when he makes a mistake but like if neil nils is just like a robot out there dude like when he's uh, shooting you, um, like he can't you're not gonna see his mistakes yeah once you get to know nils better trust me he has that face like you like oh he does he has yeah, the grimace i, I I know that face. I've shot with him enough. I've seen, I've okay. seen that face. He has the same face. We all have. I promise. He just, uh, he's just very tall. So you can't see up that high. Maybe is what it oh, is. Or... Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no. I'm like knee, knee level to Nils. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, he definitely has that face. I, I saw that face at area four. Um, I've seen that face. It's, it's just, you know, he's just not verbal about it. So he's right. just, he's just, you know, I'm probably more of the, I'll be a little more verbal than some of, than, you know, him, but then you know, guys like Max probably don't, aren't very verbal. JJ probably isn't very, ver well, a lot of those guys are verbal. They just, they kind of know who's around when they, when they're verbal. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, they uh, definitely, they're definitely have a I different mean, side outside of the public eye. <laughs> you're definitely going to know. You're definitely going to know when I make a mistake. Cause For sure. I'm going to like slam my mag against my mag. Well, or, that was actually pretty funny. So and anybody like, who doesn't know, Sam Sam came into a corner uh on a on a popper, a big, juicy, giant popper, and he shoots paper like, coming in and he turns the corner and he was a little late on his entry, yeah. so he didn't aim early. So so he just slung the gun over there and he pulls the trigger and he starts to put the gun away. 
like pull it back and realizes he misses, puts the gun out, bang, and you see him take his mag out and he just slaps it against his mag pouch in frustration and then puts his gun away. Well, but he ran it to slide lock. Luckily, he had that extra round, but it yeah, was uh, I mean, that, all those that little stage things. Was, that stage was tough for production. Yeah. Like there was just no way to get around it just being tough and uh, the not putting bullets in the gun, making it a priority uh really ate me alive on that one so i think you uh, shot it really well you shot that stage really well there was just some some of the minor mistakes or what turned into massive mistakes right so the problem with production in general is when you make a minor mistake it turns into a massive mistake because of the round count and time like you if you don't get bullets in the gun you lose a massive amount of time and i'm telling you sam don't feel bad dude Every video of every student I have is me telling them about get bullets in the gun. The movement is what the problem is in our sport. It becomes priority over bullets. I don't care how fast you run. If you don't have bullets in the gun, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And what most people haven't discovered yet, which I think it's going to start becoming a big thing when, when my system takes off a little more is that if you have, if you focus on that reload right away, now you get to run full speed. If you have to reload while you're running, your reload or your running is going to slow down. Most of the time, they both slow down. <laughs> so now yeah. you're slow reload and a slow run, and you're losing out on your time. So or, or losing a lot of points, and, and and that's changed in a lot of my classes. I've really focused on explaining or teaching people that time is points. Most people look at time as like, oh, I just lost some time. It's the one thing in our scoring that doesn't show up on paper. You can look at your time and go, oh, man, cool. Uh, I was 14 seconds. The other guy was 13 seconds. But if you go and look at your videos, you'd be like, well, I should have been 12 seconds because of this position, this position, this position, this position. All of a sudden, you're like, whoa, I just lost all these points because I, I didn't I didn't think about a movement or efficiency in time because right. time is points. It's, it's part of our scoring. And it just kind of gets blown over a lot, unfortunately, in our sport because it's not a number that you can see a point system with like you, you know, Oh shit. I shot a Delta. I only got one point there. Like, you know that because you can look at it on practice score, but when you're not looking at transition time, lost exits, lost entries, not shooting as you enter, all those things are all time lost and points lost. And you don't see that on that piece of paper period. So yeah. even when you go to and- practice score app and change your shit around, you still, you're all, it still doesn't like sink in like, Oh, that's where I lost my time. Cause you're looking at, Oh, I, that guy just, how's that guy get me by three seconds? That's the first thing people say to me. How's How are you beating me by three to five seconds? I go because transitions. Um, I grip my gun really hard. I react to the trigger really fast. I exit as soon as I see my, as my second shot goes off, I reload faster. It's like, Oh, well I do all that. No, you don't. <laughs> you're like, no, you yeah. don't like yeah. you think you're doing it, but you're not as detailed as I am about it. Right. That's the difference. Right interesting so um i want to get back to about your dry fire because this is something that i think is very important to get into so number one thing about your dry fire dude and i think this is something that is probably lost on you a little bit and you're not really thinking about it one of the reasons why you've gotten so much better at the shooting part okay is because what does dry fire make you do makes you go back to your fundamentals and it used to be that every video, every stage, I was yelling at you about your damn grip. Not one time did I watch you shoot this weekend and yell at you about your grip because I didn't see it. 
So it only snuck in here and there versus before I'd be like, grab you're good. Like the whole stage is just sloppy fundamentals. So I think that's something that from your dry fire sessions, I want you to start thinking of that. Now it's a fundamental thing. It's no longer just getting reps like, Oh, this is all fun. I like, I'm literally locking my fundamentals in. That's where all my fundamentals came in. When I first started was I dry fired the shit out of everything like PCC every, I mean, hell I, I rarely dry fire anymore because I'm on the range so much, but when I go right. to my range sessions, I still focus on fundamentals. Like I don't change it up. Oh, Christina's coming in. I don't change my, right. my practice. Hey, Christina, hold on. I don't change my fundamentals or, or my practice just because I'm, I'm at the range. I focus on those fundamentals, but I just have bullets in my gun. So I think that's right. been a big change in your, in your shooting for sure. A hundred percent. I, uh, I think I've said this before, but I use my locals to, to, I try to video every run, but I, I use that video, uh, say I'll shoot on a Saturday on Sunday, I'll break down my week of dry fire. Like I'll try to set up certain entries and certain target arrays and like some exits on what in the dry fire. So it's like, it's disciplined dry fire. I'm not just going through pulling draws, hitting reloads. I mean, that to me, pulling draws and hitting reloads is the fundamental part of the gun work. But actual disciplined dry fire for effect is what I'm going after with that dry fire program. And, you know, it's really hard to be critical of yourself in video. It's really <laughs> yeah, hard. Right. But luckily, I have a friend who's also a coach who I am happy to pay him money to break down my videos because it makes my life a lot easier. Because I'm not guessing at the wrong thing and telling myself I'm doing the wrong thing, which most of the time I am, right? All of the things that I did in Area 8, I've seen it before in my own videos, because I've known you for so long, I could pick out through your system what I'm doing wrong. But I don't, other than doing it in repetition, I don't know how to untrain that. And a lot of it has to come to do with, you know, military backgrounds and breaking a crap ton of bad habits that we had to fix when we first started together. I think, I think uh, you just nailed it, man. What you just said about the, the, the actual scheduled, not just scheduled, but you have a plan. Now, when we first met, you didn't have a plan. You never like when you, you would just go, okay, I'm dry firing. Cool. Like you dry fire, your draw, dry fire, trigger prep, you dry fire this, but it was never really a setup of, huh? How do I put this into use in the stages or where I'm actually shooting? Cool. I can do a thousand draws all day long. But how do I use that in a stage? How do I put myself in, a, in my mindset in a 25-yard draw or a 15-yard draw or a 10-yard draw and then go, okay, now I have to, not only do I need to draw fast, but I got to exit out of this draw. I have to understand right. like, what is my mindset of draw quick and then settle, boom, and leave versus just draw and shoot around into the into the paper and go, yep, it was there when you weren't even close to hitting the damn target, right? So it's that so, that's I think that's the big mindset change for you that I've seen so far, since, especially since the class is like, yeah, you, you have a direction now instead of just cool. I'm dry firing, Tom. I got the gun in my hand or you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, look at me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, but, uh, well, that was what was I going to say? 
All right, let's go on. I'll I'll bring Christina and I'm sure we'll talk about dry fire because she has, she's been doing some of it hopefully too. Hi, Christina. How are you? Uh, Hi, good. How are you doing? Good, good. You look nice. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast again. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Better late than never, I always say. So if any of you guys uh, watch this podcast, she's definitely the best looking one on it. So make sure you guys, if you don't watch it, come on here and definitely check out Christina because she looks so pretty today. <laughs> she looks you. like a lady. Woo! Wow. Hi, lady. <laughs> Great segue. I forgot. This is the B-Class oh, no. PCC Area 8 High Lady Champion. Woo woo. <laughs> finally yes yes so again i've been i've been preaching about this girl all year about how she has made podium on every single match and this is the first one she broke through and won b class not just podium this time but actually won the match baby let's go i did i did win oh, new hampshire state also. second second match sorry sorry yeah, i forgot yeah, about that's that okay one. but this one was one. this one was a big deal i had Area 8 had been my very worst match of the year, two years yeah. in a row. It's my first major shoot in PCC, and I was completely unprepared. It was um, Keanu was the match director, and there were tons of left leans, which I had practiced zero of, and it was a <laughs> disaster. Uh, I was shooting, uh, I was not shooting a Da Vinci, and I was shooting flathead bullets and had a million malfunctions it was bad i even ate it or i know i didn't eat it there was a low port and instead of squatting i just went down like just uh on my knees and scraped them up there's still area eight dirt in my knees like today <laughs> from i'm talking i have it from two years ago like oh, I'm, still, I'm literally yeah. scarred from area eight and uh, I was actually talking to Ron Brown about this uh, at my local match. And he goes, this is your first year shooting Area 8. He's like, I don't want you to tell anybody else about this stuff anymore. He goes, this is your four- first year shooting Area 8. Like, you got to change your mindset. It's it's done. Like, that's in the history. Like, right. last year was extremely rough, too. And I did that mostly. I mentioned it some, a little, but I, I really did like try and say, yep, it's my first time here this year. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you from last year, I watched you shoot it last year. I don't think we were, we weren't training at that time, right? We didn't train last year at uh, all. Did no, we? we just, we just did shot together um, one or two That's right. times. And yep. Yep. So stuff, uh, I would say that you're a lot different shooter right now. So I think that uh, area eight was a lot easier for you because of that. Oh yeah. So, so, so much, so much, even like balance beams and stuff, everything. Yeah. I think this year was a, um, I can't remember. I know a lot of people complained last year about area eight and the hardcover that they put up. And I do know there was an excessive amount of hardcover last year compared to this year, but I felt like these stages were really, really good compared to last year as well. Like, I don't feel like they had a drop off at all just because they took some of the tar. I actually, I feel like this year was more of a straight up shooting match. Less of yes. like, I, I don't want to say it was hokey last year, but they had like the it big was. pendulum stage and the, like the beam, the beam was left to right. And it was just kind of like, a, 
they had a lot of hidden stuff. Like it was more of a memory stage on the beam last year versus this year. It was more of a straight well, up, like, the, you know, stage. The beam had like really mean, uh, like swingers. Partial, yeah. Very <laughs> mean, mean swingers. <laughs> like that, yeah. like anybody missed on, I mean, the best what? of the best got mics on those things. That doesn't, I mean, they still that, had, that doesn't bother they me. They still, they still had some mean ones this year, but it was just a lot of it last year. Yeah. Like a lot yeah, of I, like, okay, I, I, balance beam plus the swinger plus the, like, so you, like, okay, can we focus on like one thing at a time? Like you don't have right. to make us do somersaults and cartwheels on a stage. Like <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I thought last year's swingers or uh beam stage was good. It was definitely a lot different style for sure. than compared to this year, last year, it was, um, it was definitely more positional, um, this year, it was definitely, it was positional if you chose to, or you could stay on the beam the whole time. I think last year, they didn't really give you many options to stay on that beam. Like, you were coming off that beam last year for sure. Um, uh-huh. And this year, you could come off and on and or stay on it. And that I thought that was nice because I do like the option of staying on the beam. And you get that, I, I guess you get the is it faster to stay on or is it faster to get off opportunity last year's your ass was getting off of it. Cause it took a long time to land where you needed to hit that spot. So I, I got off last year. I got off this year as well. I, I just feel like it's usually faster to get off the beam. It just depends on obviously the stage, but um, I had a question about the balance beam stage. So I have quite a few questions that I'll get into since we just started with that. We'll start with the balance beam, I guess, since I have a question about it, um, the balance beam stage. The reason I step off the balance beam stage was because I can run faster than I can tippy toe, right? So if I get off the time that it takes me to get down off of us, off of the beam to get back on, I would say it's probably close to a half a second, right? But if I shift my feet on it, it's going to take me over a second to get to that spot. And I can't run full speed. I cannot run hard. I can't, I'm not going to be balanced. And I'm going to take the risk of falling off anyway. So when you jump off of a beam like that, it's so that you don't fall off. You don't take the risk of falling off. So instead, I schedule or plan a fall off, if that makes sense. I chose to get off of it so I could run as hard as I can. And then that allows me to hit a very specific, perfect spot on the beam because I don't look at the target when I'm entering on those positions. When I'm on a beam... I look at exactly where I'm going to place my foot. Then after I get on that beam, this is something I changed this year. After I get on the beam and I'm up and I feel pretty balanced is when I focus on the target. And the reason why is because every single great shooter on our squad (laughs) fell off the beam like a circus this year. I mean, it was bad. Everybody was tippy-toe, tippy-toe. I don't think a single person stayed on the beam for more than two shots, four shots at the most because they were constantly off balance. I have learned the beams, the beams for me is it's more important for me to have a stable entry than it is for me to shoot fast. Uh, Yes. And I'll explain why the, the stage on that stage, I actually won that stage and I was slower and I'll explain why. I went 30 and two on that stage, the closest, and I was 1557. The closest person to me was 26 and six with a 1499. I had a 10 hit factor. He had a nine, eight hit factor. So again, 
I was able to get my hits. I was a little bit slower and I didn't slow down. I did not slow down at all, but I was a little bit slower because I wanted to be more controlled in that situation. I didn't care if I was won the stage or if I was the fastest guy. This is something that's changed for me this year. <laughs> I cared about being consistent and not fall and being balanced. And I was, I think I was one of the middle shooters. So I'd already seen like four or five people fall off the damn thing. So right away I was focused on my balance. I, I have learned that my balance is actually where most of my inaccuracies are coming from. So 30 and two, because uh, amazing. I was balanced on, on that beam. That's why I got off that beam. And I feel like 99% of the time it's better to get off the beam and then get back on. Most people who try to run or walk on a beam, they're going to be slower because you're eventually going to catch the edge of that beam and fall. You can't focus on shooting and aiming when your feet are, you know, really skinny, your, your body's not balanced like that. Some people are pretty good at it, but you, you end up slowing down most of the time. That was my rant about the beam. I hope that answered your question. Well, well it was uh critical. And then it's super important when you're getting on and off or just the beam, uh, a crucial piece of that is looking down at the spot. That's where, if you watch my video, that's that was the whole start. I'm looking yep. at the beam. Yeah. I'm not looking at the target. I'm looking where yep. I'm going to step. And I did that in every part and it worked out, except I left too early and I got a mic. But watching watching the homies on our squad, because here's yeah. the thing about this stage that was really cool is it was a hoser stage. All oh, yeah. these targets yeah. were super close. So it really tempted you to just run down the beam or just say, okay, I'm just going to go as fast as I freaking can with the moving and the shooting and all of it. And it's like, there's this little obstacle here that's going to slow you down. And it was like, it was Leaguer and Edens that freaking, oh my gosh, they went insane on that stage. It was very entertaining. It was I very fun. I hope they post those. I really hope they post them. That was crazy. I wish I videoed them. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, you're going insane on this stage. It, it was, it was very, <laughs> yeah, very, very, very entertaining. And I, and I don't think that they feel the same, but it was for us. So please share it because we had a good laugh. That's for sure. Dude. And every single person did it like every single person. I think John Browning was the only one of all the other guys that actually had a good run. Uh, like balance wise, but that's but that's because he was hurt <laughs> it slowed him down a little bit he had to stay under control <laughs> oh man he took a nasty fall if anybody doesn't know he took a nasty fall on a stage where and and then this range had nothing but rocks and man he got it like uh, he basically got a boulder in his knee. It was bad. Like he was bleeding all over the place. It was gushing pretty much the entire day. Uh, but it, yeah, it was bad. Like it was really bad. Stage. It was like yes. a third or yeah. fourth stage. Yeah. On a retreat yeah. too. On a retreat on that yeah. barrel stage. Yeah. It was all a big yeah. retreat on that stage too. So yeah, probably four stage. Yeah. It was, I think it was, it was two, one, two, three. Yeah. I think it was one, two, three. Yes. It was our, yeah, it was our third stage for our third stage for sure. It was five, six, seven. So I think it was eight. Stage eight. So, but um, yeah. So, it, I mean, what did you guys think overall of area eight? Cause you guys have, uh, well, you've shot area six, Sam, Christina, you shot area six. What other area matches have you shot this year, Christina? 
Um, actually, I did not shoot Area Six because it was on Mother's Day weekend. Oh, that's and right. I that's spent right. With my mother, like a that's good right. child. Um, yep, yep. but uh, that was like anti-woman that Area Six match. No, just kidding. Wow. Um, I shot. <laughs> I shot in case you guys didn't know, we just joined a feminist, just joined our group. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, I mean, come on, you guys are away from your families. How much? And it's like, Oh, I know. Let's have a match on mother's day weekend when it's a male dominated sport. It's like, who's getting divorced this weekend? (laughs) Like, it's like, (laughs) <laughs> like, asking for it <laughs> like, like that was crazy holy shit so, that's hilarious but anyways i i shot area one uh and and area eight this year that's it that's right okay so it was area one i'm sorry so sam and i shot area six and we shot area one together okay so how do you compare this comp- i mean obviously there were different styles of matches uh, area eight was definitely, a, or de- definitely area six was a staff reset area one was not. So how do you feel the difference in this match now that you both shot two different styles of matches actually, uh, Sam, go ahead. Uh, I think staff resets overrated. Just let me save the money on the match fee and I'll go pay us. It's fine. Um, I, I think there's a. I don't know. I feel more energized, but I also feel tired from having to go out there and, you know, walk around and pace and all this stuff. But like it, when it's something about like, uh, I think it's, you know, speaking on the feminist terms and the communist terms that, you know, um, my other counterpart speaks, you know, when you work hard together, you know, you build morale. Like uh, I think uh, the Germans said it best, like, you know, labor makes you free. So yeah, my nice. um, I had a um, I think most people know how I feel about staff reset. Um, I I think you are going to run out most people that can can afford this sport by doing it. Um, everything's already doubled in our sport quite a bit. Pro- match fees are going up. At travel has gone up. Everything's gone up, and then you start hammering us down with match fees just so that people don't don't have to work. It just, it's unfortunate. But I, I don't know if there's a proper answer other than. At least we didn't have to buy a jersey for this match in our match fee. <laughs> no comment. Um, Come but on, yeah, so, you should comment, man. It's, no comment, dude. No comment. We, I, I, we I already heard trouble. it. Yeah, we are going to get it. you. That's true. I already said. I already talked about jersey. it. I already <laughs> talked about it. I already talked about it a long time ago. So, all right, Christina, what'd you think? No collars. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think, Christina? Um. Well, area one. Uh, we had the two-day option, which I always like. Um, I always like having a two-day option to shoot the match. I'm there to, like, do the thing. So, and I'm going to be there the whole weekend either way. But it was nice to shoot on a Sunday. Gave me, like, an extra day of Party. get together. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That it certainly too. wasn't it um, certainly wasn't prepping for the match that's my, for sure. my my friday night would have definitely looked a lot different if i was shooting pm on saturday i can tell you that yeah. all i can tell sure. you guys if you you b class shooters are in big trouble if i can get this girl to be more dedicated to the day before the match you guys I will be in the some day serious before, trouble you mean like 
two days how about before? two days before how about three days before <laughs> how about a week before and you get some freaking rest watch so, out at nationals well we'll see I, until you prove it to me yeah. i don't believe it <laughs> i took i took the week off work and i'm gonna be hanging out with you in the beginning yeah, so we'll see We'll see. I'm excited. I hope so. I promise you, I'm going to be yelling at you if you're not taking it serious because you take the I'm shooting serious, but you don't take the prep serious. So, well, yeah, I think this I'm happens gonna, a lot. I think this, this isn't just on you, Christina. This is, this is a topic that I've been kind of wanting to get into. Um, I, I see this a lot. Uh, Logan, uh, 357 souls on Instagram um saunders right logan saunders came said yep. something to me he's like dude i've never seen people walk stages two days two days in a row and i said i said well why not like why wouldn't i i was like i spent thousands of dollars to come here why would i not take every opportunity that i have to walk these stages twice more than once why would i just come here and go cool i got it when how many times have you gone to a stage and you go, man, I didn't see that. Well, you didn't see it because you didn't give full effort. You didn't put the same effort you would into the shooting as you did into the walking the stages. So I'm a little different in that aspect. One of the reasons I come a day early also, uh, maybe a little bit earlier than most other grandmasters is the travel really beats me to hell. Like the flying really beats me up. I'm sitting in a plane for hours and this flight wasn't terrible, but I had a layover. So if I'm sitting in a chair for at 90 degrees, uh, angle my hips lock up like i just i don't do really well with sitting down right so it's i just my body wasn't built for that my body was to build, stand up and move around and do my thing so i take a beating on travel so i will leave and come a night the night before that we the night before we walk stages it, yeah it cost me a little extra in a hotel but at the end of the day i get an extra day of rest to where the next day when i walk stages I feel good. Like, I feel like I'm ready to shoot that day. Then I get a good meal, try to get as much rest as I can go to sleep. I'm ready to shoot the very next day. Like I actually slept before this match. That was another question. Did I get sleep before this match? I did. I got about six and a half hours of sleep, which is a lot for me. Um, I did too. It was crazy because I came into this match freaking jacked up. Like my oh. legs were shaking. I had this massive nervous energy I know some of it is because I am actually prepared for this year. Like I came into this year telling myself I was not going to shoot a gun that I wasn't prepared for. One of the reasons why I shot carry optics at area one, even though I'm preparing for nationals for PCC is because I hadn't shot the rifle at all. I hadn't practiced at all. I'm not doing that to myself anymore. I'm not going to shoot a division or shoot a nationals or shoot a match because I'm, if I'm not prepared, not, not, yeah. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It has nothing to do with me worrying about being embarrassed. Obviously, I don't give a shit. I, I care more about how I feel about myself. Oh, yeah, you'll feel after bad after I don't pull my full effort into it. And I I can't stand when I slack off on those aspects. So if I I would not want to go to Iron Sights Nationals if it was the weekend after PCC. I would want to, I would want to go to something with a red dot or, I mean, I guess I have that opportunity now, but I, I would not have wanted to switch to production. I've done this before and it's not gone very well. And it it's always just made me mad about my shooting. It's made me not want to shoot those matches, even though it had nothing to do with the match it had to do with my preparation. Oh, um, I've done this too. I've so done again, this it's not nationals. worth it. Yes. It's not, yeah, it's it just sucks. not, it's not worth the amount of money that I spend to go in there and be unprepared. So this year I came into area eight with 
full weeks worth of practice, maybe week and a half's worth of practice. I shot <laughs> three or four days, which doesn't sound like a lot, but the way I <laughs> practice, that's a lot. And I came in there and I was ready. I mean, I was really ready. So I literally had to run. Like, I think I was three shooters away. I had to run away from the stage and to run up this hill and run back. And yeah, I was, I felt like, man, I'm feeling tired now. It took that nervous energy away. So when I got up to the stage and it was my turn, I was really focused. Like I was really focused. I, I, I don't think I've ever been that focused on my first stage ever before, but I don't think I've ever been that jacked up before stage either. I was like, <laughs> it was crazy. I was ready. I was ready to run out of the range. I was just so jacked up. So Homie, then, you, you yeah. handed me your phone and I was like, Oh shit. Yeah, you, like you were really? like a little bitch. Oh, well, was it that bad? Shaking. Oh yes. shit! Yes, it was. I'm telling I was you, like, I was ready. I'm like, I yeah. don't know how this is gonna go. Like, he might just be insane on this thing. I don't know, but and then so I went. Up, I was so calm, and I actually won that. I just looked at that uh yesterday. I won that stage overall for the entire match. I beat everybody, all open guys, everybody. I was like, holy nice crap! Like. I'll never forget when I'm shooting that stage, I shot the left side and I remember just reacting to my dot on all the steals, like bing, 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 paper, blah, 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 blah. Cause it was three shots for a paper. And I run to the right and I'm like, the swinger's not moving. I got over there so fast that the swinger hadn't even started yet. And then as soon as I got into position to shoot, the swinger opened up and was just like, ah, I was like, Holy shit. Like this, this is crazy. I'm not waiting on this thing. And I just shot the rest of the stage and I was like, did I forget something? That was way too easy. <laughs> like that seems so calm. I just seems it was so calm and it, it just carried on through the whole match. It, I, I just think that my mental, like my, my mental game has really changed this year because I've focused on it for almost two years now. I focused on mental for two years. I haven't been thinking about my shooting at all. I've been focused 1 million percent on my mental game right now. It's I'm trying to catch up to, to these guys that have been doing this shit for 20 years. It's very difficult to get 20 years in five. Uh, speaking of our first stage and how much mental you needed for that. And we shot with a squad of very talented shooters and it is amazing how many of them and many of them have, have been shooting for a lot longer than you, Tom. Uh, and I messed it up too, which is so disappointing. But <laughs> so many of us messed up that three first stage. There were two shooters, experienced shooters, like champion shooters that got FTSAs on that stage. It's crazy. I'm like, did everybody go out drinking last night? Like, what is going on? Like I did a two per because, but it was the swinger that distracted me. And then I went, <laughs> I, I, I thought I, in my walkthrough, I was forgetting when I came in on the left side in the third position, because I started shooting steel and that made you forget the three per, but no, once I went up to the swinger and I remember three per on the swinger, but then I went and shot an open target and went pop up and, and I got a mic yeah. because I literally didn't pull the trigger. So it, that was a great, that was a very challenging stage. That was a hard stage to be first, I think, because you're just kind of getting going. First stage, blah, whatever. It still is a thing. Um, what do you say to yourself I'm, on that type of a stage? I, I'm interested. What do you say when you're standing or before you walk up to that stage? Do you say anything to yourself? 
shoot three. <gasps> I say shoot three, shoot three, shoot three, shoot three, shoot three, shoot three. As I walk up to that stage. But I probably should be visualizing shooting three. So why don't you say it, make it simple. Right now, shoot three is too much words. I know people are going to think I'm crazy. Three. 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 Simplify it. Your brain can think three all day long versus shoot three. Shoot three versus three. 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 Yeah, I definitely didn't do that. So the first thing I did when I walked up there, I didn't think about three at all at first. Like I obviously I, that, that whole stage was three, three, three. That's all I think about is three, three, three. The first thing I thought of is you hit this damn load. You hit this reload. You hit this unloaded start. 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 And I said to myself, load first, load first, load first, load first, movement second, movement second, movement second, movement second. And as soon as I crushed the, as soon as I felt the magazine go in, I was like, okay, three, 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 three. I literally said three every single time to every single target, three, 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 three. And then I got to steal and I went one sights, sights, trigger, sights, trigger, sights, trigger, sights, trigger, sights, trigger, sights, trigger, run three, 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 three. I literally told myself on every freaking target, three, 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 three. And I just followed what rules one and two sights, trigger, sights, trigger, sights, trigger. If I pulled the trigger and I had my sights, I was like, I don't even give a shit. Like my, you're really thinking that all the time. Listen, I think when I'm shooting, the problem is, is everybody just goes into overdrive and just goes, okay, cool. I'm going to just follow this stage plan. But what if I I drew my gun and I landed on a no shoot? Am I going to pull the trigger? Everybody does that because they like, I'll give you a good example. When I used to shoot production, I used to shoot subconsciously because that's what I was taught. Everybody told me subconsciously shoot subconscious, subconscious, subconscious. You can only think of one thing at a time. So just shoot subconsciously. Here's the problem. Every time I would move, I would reload, even if I didn't need to. So now I'm I'm subconsciously shooting crappy because I'm throwing things in there just because I'm trained to move and move and reload when I don't need to. Make sense? That's when I learned, oh, wait a minute. This sport is not subconscious. The stage planning subconscious. I don't like think, oh man, I got to run over here. I just know that part because it's in the back of my mind. And it's something that I've practiced during the breakdown, right? During my breakdown is where I get all the details that everybody thinks should be subconscious. Uh, Listen, I even focus on when I run into a position, I focus on what my body's doing. Like I, I'm like, all right, stay down, stay down, stay down, stay down, boom. And I just, the sights are something I just respond to. Does that make sense? I don't think about my sights. Mm -hmm. I just respond to my sights. Why? Because I'm looking where I'm shooting anyway. So the sights are going to land wherever I look because I practiced (laughs) doing that. (laughs) Does that make sense? Like I don't, everybody makes this difficult. This sport's very, very simple. Very simple. We have all these terms and all these crazy things that we bring into our head to change to to, that it's like man this sport is so simple it's when you add a timer that everybody screws it up right but if i was to tell you to stand and shoot targets do you think about shooting and transitioning and doing all those things so why don't you think when you're moving and doing it during a stage wouldn't you do it during practice or do you just blindly shoot things that makes sense Maybe I'm blindly shooting. Okay. So, I mean, listen, this is a great, this is a huge breakthrough. Then this could be a huge breakthrough for you before nationals. You're coming to see me. Well, you and Craig are coming to train in the next couple of days. This is, should be a giant breakthrough for you. You should be shooting this 
Well, you, you know what I'm thinking with, with your mind on shooting. Well, you know what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking sides trigger. I'm thinking gun in. And that, but so here's the thing that I can't is think something that, but, but that is something that is something that you should not be thinking of because it should become second nature. That's oh. one of those subconscious things that oh, you should be doing, like gripping the gun and, and all these type of things, but you haven't made it subconscious yet. Does that make sense? That just yes. takes time. That, but that's what separates you from B class to GM right now. <laughs> You're not I'm not kidding. kidding. Like I'm not kidding. It's the little, the smallest things that, uh, the, what separates grandmasters from most other shooters is we don't think about fundamentals. Accuracy. Well, no, we don't think well, about no, fundamentals no. like everybody else does. Most of our fundamentals go into overdrive. We don't really have to go, uh, squeeze with your left hand. Squeeze. You, we just do it. Right. We just do it. Yeah. And it's yeah. It, so and and again, for me, when I'm shooting pistol, I think way more about my grip than I do anything else because it's a completely different. It's a different gun. Does that make sense? The grip means a lot more to me because of the way I'm shooting, like how how fast I want it to shoot with the rifle. I pull that some bitch in like like I'm trying to tow a truck. <laughs> Right. So I'm pulling that gun in so hard. And, and, and I know by the way, the gun shoots, like if I can't rip those splits, like I want to, I'm not doing my fundamentals, right? If my accuracy starts to shoot alpha Charlie's, then I know it's because my fundamentals are falling off. So then I'll have to go and think about fundamentals in a stage, right? I can tell you when I'm not doing it just by my hits alone. Same thing with pistol. It, I can tell when my fundamentals fell off and it's something then I'll go, okay, now I got, I need to put my brain on the fundamentals. Cause all the other stuff I'm, you know, doesn't matter if I can't shoot straight. Right. Yep. So that, that hopefully that's a big breakthrough for you this weekend. Maybe we'll, we'll be putting that in there for you a little bit. So you can start paying attention to that while we're at the, at practice this weekend. So, or next, next week, Monday and Tuesday before Nats. Cause that's something that it's not wait. very difficult. It's not very difficult to change that at all. It's just, where do I shift my mind? Like, where do I shift my mind? I, but that second, it's not completely second nature to hold the gun in too. So. Well, I can tell you it know. better be. Cause if you, if you uh, went one, especially for this next match, they're going to challenge you probably with some distance because everybody has a red dot. So you better get you, you, we got to get it locked in before you leave. So. Okay. Are you dry firing at all, at all right now? Yes. Okay, good. Yep. Every day. Well, it might not be a bad idea to stop transitioning your gun. Stop worrying about transitions and just focus on pulling the gun in, like draw and hold it, draw and hold it, or just hold the gun and just oh, focus on. Oh, yeah. I used to do that. I saw um, Lanny Oakley. She said that she would just stand and hold the rifle in for – a minute at a time, one to two minutes at a time. I used to do that. And then I stopped. I don't know if I just forgot or whatever, or took time off or something, but maybe I'll, I'll do that just to be like, okay, just feel that pressure. And you just sit there and hold, hold yeah. it for, yeah, you know, it's, just do that it's, every day. It's going to make a big, it'll make a big difference and become second nature because once that gun's in your hand, you just do it. You just follow through with it every, it's no different than a pistol. Like, all right, I'm going to squeeze the shit out with my left hand and my right hand. I'm going to do this. I'm a trigger prep. Like for me, I don't even think twice about trigger prep. I don't think twice about squeezing the gun, right? Cause I'll go to the safe table before the mat, the, the stage starts. And then I go, okay, cool. Like how much did you go to the safe table this weekend? For area um, none. I'd never went once. I know. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't even I see did. him. <laughs> 
You know how I know you didn't go to the safe table because you weren't with me when I was over there. Right. Do you know that yeah, stage, that that big, long U-shaped stage that was 100 yards away that had not a yeah, single oh, safe table? Yeah, did I you knew, see me I disappear? Knew you were gone. Yes, yes you I did. Yeah, I, I walked away. Why? Because we had a weird start position and I hadn't practiced that. So I went over to the side in bay and I didn't shoot a single bullet, didn't shoot a single bullet, but I started working on where am I going to put this thing? And then, I, cause I went to save tables on all the other stages. I think there was only one stage that I didn't go to the safe table on. Uh, I'm trying to think what stage was that? I think I went to the safe table on every single stage i really do i think yeah. I, I went out of my way to go to the do, table. Too. what's yeah. that i mean i i usually do a little bit but i never went i don't know if i ever went once which is and i'm shooting weird. a rifle so what what's the fundamentals for a rifle i don't have to squeeze it hard i don't have to like worry about my fundamental grip yes you do i have a specific type of fundamental that i use with that gun i push my shoulder in i pull the gun back i mean I, listen i went to the safe table when we had that hard lean that hard fallout thing that i was gonna do where i stepped my foot up i went to the safe table and practiced that shit like people are like, what are you, what's this guy doing? Like I was in the safe table area, obviously, but I'm over there lifting my foot up, just trying to work on my balance. See if, so I don't tip left when I do it. I want to make sure I'm shooting the gun when I lift my foot up. So I'm perfectly balanced. Cause if I wait, oh I'm going to fall out of bounds and get shitty hits. So then it I, wish be I, was, I wish I was taking notes. I wish I was taking notes right now. I guess I'll be able to watch this. Because <laughs> yeah. that one was pretty ugly, by the way. I, that was an interesting <laughs> one-legged yoga <laughs> yoga thing that you did. But you did good hits yeah. on that. It was just the exit that cost you a ton of time. That's yeah. the thing. Is I'm I mean, looking it, it at... could have been worse. Yes. Well, of course, people DQ'd on that stage from that shit. Oh, so yeah. it, it oh. was just one of those things where it's like, that safe table is key. It's a free practice. I don't know why people, I mean, I look around at matches all the time and 99% of the shooters in our sport never use the opportunity to, to, to get a free practice in, get free draws in, go test their fundamentals, their grip. Jesus, go practice your reloads. If you're shooting, whatever it is, I don't I understand what, why people don't use it. This match, I definitely, when I loaded my gun, every time I loaded it from my front pouch because there were so many unloaded starts, every time I loaded my gun at the make ready, I loaded from the front, and then I put my spare mag in the front when I was done because I was like, I'm going to practice this every time I step up to the plate because yes. there was like, there were so many of them. Yes. I mean, that's the thing is those little things <laughs> – they should be practiced before you get there. But then what you're doing when you go to the matches, you're just reconfirming the fundamentals of what you're doing. That way you don't even have to think twice. You just know, grab it, because you've already went to the dry fire and did 50 rounds or practice rounds of it or whatever it is. It's there's, I don't, it's one of the biggest losses I see in our sport is that are uh, in opportunities to practice or to get better or to really make sure you're going to crush that stage. You can literally go to the dry fire table and run the entire stage. <laughs> You can shoot the entire stage pointing at the wall, bah, 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 reload, bah, 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 reload. And you can walk through that stage and you can literally tell yourself reload and you can practice those fast reloads and the exits and all these different things within that little four to eight foot, you know, area that they give you to practice. I don't know why people don't do it. It is a huge thing in my game and I use it on every single stage. I will go out of my way to find one. We had to at this match. There was quite a few areas that weren't close. I, I'm not kidding guys. This one was probably a hundred yards away. I carried my big ass heavy bag a hundred yards <laughs> to go practice before it was my turn. I was like four shooters. Well, actually, no, 
before we even walked on the stage and did the four minutes, I walked away and I did that before we even got to the stage before they did the breakdown. Because I knew, okay, this start position's kind of odd. I need to make sure this is good. Where am I going to hold my gun? How am I going to hold it? How am I going to point it? I ended up winning that stage high overall, like in the entire match, that high overall in that entire match. I, I crushed that stage because I was prepared for that stage. There was all kinds of movement, weird positions. It, it was just, it, you had to hit the perfect spot. It was, it was a very interesting stage. So I wanted to be prepared for it because of all the different movement in and outs on that. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tom Castro Shooting Academy Next Level Podcast. This is the end of part one. Tune in next week to listen to part two.